Hi, welcome to episode 483 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott, and I'm replacing the A in my first name with the number 4. Today it's Fantastic Four, Volume 3, Number 54, a.k.a. Fantastic Four, 483, from June 2002. A Choice of Dooms, plot by Raphael Marin and Carlos Pacheco, dialogue by Carl Kessel, and art by Mark Bagley. And the story begins with Reed Richards and Ben Grimm being held captive by the lady Sinso and her friends. And we finally learn what they call themselves. The Hidden Ones. They're hybrids. Half human, half inhuman. Kind of like Donald Trump's hair. And they were enslaved by the Nazis back in the 1940s. And they've put themselves into positions of power and influence all over the world to ensure that no one ever enslaves them ever again. But with the royal family of the Inhumans returning to Earth, this stirs up a lot of anti-Inhuman hysteria, putting the Hidden Ones in danger as well. So they want to do away with the Inhumans to stop humans from hunting down all the non-humans on Earth. Ben and Reed are being held captive in a prison called the Vault, which has knoll fields that take away their powers. Back at the Baxter building, the Inhumans are finishing wiping the floor with the guardsmen who on orders from the U.S. government, maybe from the very top of the U.S. government, the man in charge, the vice president, were trying to capture the Inhumans. Triton wonders if there's a single place on Earth where they can live in peace. Meanwhile, Sue is over on the floor, writhing in pain, about to have another miscarriage, and she's yelling out to everyone to find Reed. And she's got this negative zone energy zapping up out of her body, so she has to contain that with a force field at the same time. They start trying to think of a place where Lockjaw can teleport them to, where they can find someone who can help. Now, this would be the perfect time to pay a visit to Doctor Strange, right? Eh, you would think so. Next, we see Doctor Doom sitting in his embassy, enjoying a chalice of Pinot Noir, and on the monitor, he sees the Human Torch flying toward the Latverian embassy. So he seeks his robot sentries on him. Johnny quickly burns through the robots and finds Dr. Doom waiting for him on the roof. Doom recognizes that Johnny is having trouble with his powers, but Johnny says he's not there to talk about that. He tells Doom about his sister needing help. Reed is missing, and he begs Dr. Doom for his assistance. Back in the vault, Crystal is trying to call Reed on his communicator, and Reed can hear it, but he's stuck in his cell, and he can't answer. Meanwhile, Ben is trying to con concentrate as hard as he can to turn himself into the thing. And finally, after a long struggle, he turns into the orange rock monster, and it's clobbering time as he starts clobbering some of the guardsmen. Back at the Baxter building, Doom is once again trying to convince the Inhumans to move to Latveria, and he's using Sue as leverage. Black Bolt nods, like he's thinking about it, and Doom gets to work looking after Sue. He tells her to put down her force field, but she's not too keen on the idea of getting help from Dr. Doom. Back with Reed, Ben breaks him out of his cell 
and he says that he heard a message from Crystal that something is wrong with Sue. But then, Senso arrives with another group of guardsmen, and Ben and Reed start clobbering them, too. When Reed grabs Senso, he discovers that she can change shape. She was also that blonde lady with the extra eyelids who was working for the U.S. military. And in her natural form, she's a skinny little big-headed, bald alien-looking creature. As Reed has her, has her wrapped up, she decides to tell him about the Hidden Ones, how they started out as inhumans, but their power of persuasion made them distrusted, even there among their own kind. So they left Attilan and mingled and mated with inhumans over the years. And then the stuff we already know, the village of Hidden Ones was attacked by Nazis, the kids were taken captive, but later escaped at the end of World War II and started to infiltrate positions of power so they would never be subjugated ever again. And now they want to destroy the Inhumans to help them better stay hidden. Reed tells her that she's got a big problem. He just recorded every word she said with his chest communicator and it's all stored back at the Baxter building. He tells her that her days of manipulating world events are over and she kicks and destroys the chest plate and says it'll be impossible to find the hidden ones because, you know, they're good at being hidden. We could be your mailman, your neighbor, your wife, and you'd never know, she says, and adds that no one will believe him anyway. And finally, even though he does have a recording, and finally, she says, they still think Kennedy was killed by a lone gunman. And she disappears. Reed and Ben go home and look for Sue, but instead, they find the Inhumans who tell Reed that Sue is in capable hands. Reed's like, who? Hank Pym? Jane Foster? How the hell does Reed know who Jane Foster is? But when he looks in the next room, he's shocked to see Dr. Doom holding Reed and Sue's new daughter. Sue tells Reed that Doom helped to save her baby with a combination of science and sorcery. Oh, and since this is the end of the Pacheco Marin run, Doom also cured Johnny of his problems controlling his flames. Why'd he do that? Well, he just had to get that out of the way before they moved on. Dr. Doom says that in exchange for saving the baby, he only wants one thing, to name the baby. Reed's not too keen on the idea, probably expecting a name like Victoria, or Duma, or Doomhilda. Sue tells Reed that she's already agreed to this condition, and the name that Dr. Doom suggests is Valeria. Doom takes a moment to rub Reed's face in the fact that he saved his wife and child and makes his exit. Later, at the Latvian embassy, Doom is talking on the communicator with this woman named Skinner, and she tells him that none of the hidden ones can be found. She also adds that the United Nations has issued an apology to the Fantastic Four and have withdrawn their support for the alien defense shield. However, they haven't changed their stance on the Inhumans, who have also passed on that various offer for a sanctuary. And instead, the Inhumans have hightailed it off of Earth in a spaceship back to the blue area of the moon. I think I'd rather live in Latveria. The blue area of the moon seems like a really boring place. Back at Fantastic Four headquarters, Johnny is pissed off and he tells Reed that the movie studio is finishing the Rawhide Kid movie using a look-alike. Well, there's a story that went nowhere. It seems that Johnny signed a very strange Hollywood contract. Reed thanks Johnny for doing what he did to save Sue and the baby 
and tells Johnny that he wants him to be Valeria's godfather. Johnny says, that's an offer he can't refuse. Ugh. So the entire FF happily gather around Sue and her despicable new baby. And on the moon, the Inhumans arrive and not so happily get off their ship and return to their boring, unexciting home on the moon. And that is the end of the issue and the end of the Carlos Pacheco and Raphael Marin run. So it was a run on the book that I found fairly enjoyable. In a previous issue, they joked that Raphael Marin and Carlos Pacheco were ripping off John Byrne. But I don't think that's necessarily the case. They did do one thing that John Byrne did well, which is concentrate on Fantastic Four-type stories. After the Claremont run, which had a lot of very X-Men-y type stories, and the Jim Lee run, which had a very Image Comics vibe, it was nice to see the FF go back to the basics and tell FF-type stories. One of the most disappointing things about the run to me is the over-reliance on guest artists. Pacheco only drew a small handful of the actual issues himself, and that's a shame because I think back in the late 1990s and the early 2000s, Pacheco was a top-notch artist. Not that the other artists were bad. I thought they were all pretty good. But I just like Carlos Pacheco a lot better. It does seem unusual to me that the two primary creators on the book are the plotters. And they use nothing but guest scripters and guest artists throughout most of the book. I can't think of any other comic book run like that. The final four-part story is interesting in that it creates these characters, the hidden ones, who supposedly have infiltrated positions of power all over the world. And yet after this, it doesn't seem like the characters are ever used again. I guess Reed really did scare the crap out of them with his recording of Sinso's conversation. And they went off and they hid, and they never infiltrated the government ever again. I also find the idea of the Inhumans living in Latveria to be an interesting idea, and it's too bad that never came to pass. Since Pacheco and Marin ended up leaving the book... They just stuck their asses back on the moon instead. And of course, my one major complaint about the entire thing is the rebirth of Valeria. Everything about the character makes me sick to my stomach, starting with her origin, which has Sue getting pregnant through some kind of weird, reality-altering event. Can't they just have Reed slip her the old stretchy salami instead of resorting to such nonsense? Maybe some kind of event can come along and erase Valeria from existence. I haven't read Secret Wars 4 yet. Or is that Secret Wars Volume 2? But I've got my fingers crossed that Valeria doesn't come back. And finally, I have to admit, I like the way Doctor Doom is used in this final issue. Having him save Sue and the baby, and then rubbing it in Reed's face. That's a classic Doctor Doom move right there. And then demanding to name the baby? That's what makes him such a great character is that he's more than just a typical mustache-twirling villain looking to kill and destroy. He's got a massive ego, and he'll do anything to stroke his ego and to make Reed Richards look like an idiot in the process. So that's all I have for now. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. You can download other episodes of iTunes and find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over.